crazy that they built this thing for real. Someday we're going to be on it. You are. Hey, the test results haven't come in yet. Wait until they do. I froze up. And the man giving the test made a face when I stepped out of the tank. He made a face at me, too. It's their job to make faces. If I didn't pass, that means they're going to make me stay behind. So we need to get something clear. Look at me. There is a rule that's written in stone, and it is never broken. The Robinsons stick together. What are you doing? I'll just borrow your manuals when they come in. everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Lost in Space. Today we'll be covering the first episode from Lost in Space titled Impact. Awesome. But first, a word from this week's sponsor, BZRK Audio. Oh, Rima, does your car stereo sound muddy or muffled? BZRK audio tweeters are a great upgrade for your stock speakers. Extended upper mid-range response adds clarity and detail to voice, strings, horns, and more. Uh, this is a new sponsor we have. It's uh, The website you can go to is bzrkaudio.com. Uh, they've got a, you know two great-looking speakers. So they've got a couple. They've got the BZRK Audio SQT100s. These are high-quality car audio tweeters. They have a soft dome that provides extended frequency response that enhances detail and adds clarity. Sweet. Yeah, so if you can check them out, it's bzrkaudio.com, or you can search Amazon or eBay. These are great prices, too. I was checking these out. They mm-hmm. are very, very uh, reasonable prices. So check them out. Go to, like I said, go to bzrkaudio.com or search Amazon or eBay for BZRK Audio and go berserk. Go berserk. That's awesome. Yeah, they've got some great reviews on Amazon and really great prices. And I'm not for sure I 100% understand what a tweeter is, but I think I'm going to learn real quick. Yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I love loud music in my car, so that's perfect. (laughs) So yeah, so as as you're listening to some strange indeed, you can have these awesome BZRK speakers blaring. Because you need that perfect clarity when you're listening to Sean and I (laughs) in the car. Absolutely. Thanks, BZRK Audio. (laughs) Thanks, BZRK. That's awesome. Okay, so let's jump into our top five from this episode. Um, First off, let me get your general thoughts. Sean, what did you think about about Lost in Space, the first Uh, episode? So I've never seen the original um, because it was... was Kind of in that like Star Trek where like even like older Doctor Who episodes where it's the actual like plunger, like I can't get into it. Yes. Um, just because it's you know, it's very low tech, very like not high quality kind of uh um, you know, effects and things like that. Yes. So I, I get it. I, I kinda have that that feeling when I first saw this is like you kinda got that stink of the old uh, old type of episodes. But mm-hmm. um I'm a, I'm a sucker for exploration. I'm a sucker for like whenever they talk yes. about things in space and finding them. And, you know, uh, 
it's it's kind of interesting when you think of like the exploring nature of humans is kind of gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think three, four hundred years ago, like f- people were like crossing the Atlantic Ocean in a ship that didn't have power. It was just guided by wind. Yeah. Hopefully you landed roughly about the area you wanted to, but you just kind of <laughs> got wherever. And we've kind of tamed Earth. And this is kind of the starting point of like us going out and exploring even more and be kind of coming that um, exploration team that pushes humanity's boundaries. Mm-hmm. And uh, this first episode gave you a lot of that. And I really, I really enjoyed it. I was kind of surprised. I thought I'd like it, but I did really, really enjoy it. I am of the same mind. That makes me very excited that that you liked it because I did too. I also, now I obviously know what Lost in Space is, you know, I mean, it was pretty popular in its day. And so it's a part of, I think, pop culture, you know, so I know the whole, you know, Danger Will Robinson, you know, who the Robinson, Robinson. right. So I get the whole, I know who it is and there was a TV show. I've seen clips of the show, but I've never actually sat and watched it. So I was, I was thinking, oh, well, what are they going to do with this one? Are they going to make it interesting because I'm like you I wasn't quite interested in in those shows in the day with the space exploration it wasn't it didn't seem very advanced maybe in the day if you were actually you know maybe as a young kid in the 80s it was antiquated watching that type of technology for what we had in the 80s and maybe that's why I wasn't so interested in it maybe if I was a kid in the 60s when this was on it would have been like whoa you know totally blew me out of the water maybe that's why maybe it's because I didn't grow up in that era but I was pleasantly surprised I thought yeah I'm probably gonna like this but I really like you uh came out of this thinking I really enjoyed this episode it really kind of surprised me so it it was a good surprise I'm super excited. Well, let's jump into that top five and I'll go ahead and jump uh, start it with my number five. And that's just the introduction of the Robinson family. Um, Got a really interesting introduction where they're kind of in the middle of something. It's not just, you know, any any kind of scene. It, It seems that they're in some sort of crisis. You know, their ship is crashing is from what I'm because I'm like, what's going on? Why are they all strapped? And why, you know, it's like it it seems like they're trying to remain calm, that something's happening, but they're all kind of like just waiting for something to happen. It's like they're all they cannot focus on the card game. They're all like they keep looking around and they're looking at each other and every little bump. And I'm like, okay, so something's happening. So you kind of pick up on that. There's some kind of uh, crisis. And you pick up on the fact that their ship is crashing. Uh, They've gotten veered off course and they don't know where they are. Um, So I like that the parents was were trying to attempt to keep their kids busy by playing music and playing cards. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what else are we going to do? If we just sit here and think about what's happening, that's going to just make you crazy. So I, I, I could really relate to that as a parent when, you know, there's something happening, you're trying to keep your kids preoccupied and, you know, try to just, let's just sit here and play some cards and try to be normal. So I really appreciated that. I really liked what the parents were doing. And then also as a parent, I can't imagine that, you know, you're sitting there in a, as a family and you're, you don't know what's going to happen yourself. You're trying to remain calm for your kids. But at the same time, you've got your kids in this dangerous kind of situation. And I think that would be so scary as a parent. So I was trying to put myself in their shoes. Like, um, gosh, I, I don't know that I could remain that calm knowing that my kids, you know, I've got my whole family here with me and we don't know what's going to happen. And we're a little bit uncertain and we could be in danger and that my kids are in danger. I'm okay if I'm the one that is having to be in danger, but I don't want my kids in danger too. Mm. So I thought that was kind of interesting to kind of look at it from that perspective as well and try to relate a little bit. And I feel like you got a real sense of their bond right away. I, I really bought this cast as a family. Like, 
they felt like a real family to me. You could sense their close their 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 closeness and their bond together. I don't think they were a perfect family. There was the siblings kind of squabbling just a little bit, you know. But underneath there was this, this closeness. Yeah, but it was that very much like like this. You had the two sisters who had very much like a sibling sibling uh, a sibling, sibling rivalry. Yep. Um, you know, and you had the younger brother that you know they're trying to push to be strong, but they're still kind of taking care of him, kid brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was. Like you're talking like, you know, like you're in this danger. And I think of like situations of when I was a kid and like there's like a really bad storm. And um, a lot of times as a kid, like your imagination goes a little bit crazy because, you know, your parents are like, hey, let's go to the basement. Like, you know, <laughs> right. just because just they're nervous. And like, let's just get down there to be safe. And like you're instantly like, oh, my God, like we're going to walk upstairs and like the house is going to be gone. Yep. Just like, like the this, is, this is even worse because you're in this like space capsule. And you're know, like same thing when you're in the basement. It's like, hey, let's play cards. Let's play some music. Uh, and then you have the music cutting out like you would, like, you know, because you're listening <laughs> to the radio. I love yep. that they were playing uh, Lost in Your Rock and Roll. <laughs> yes. It seemed kind of fitting for this. Um, it did. Playing Go Fish, I felt was really good. Um, when they hit, I-, I wasn't sure what they hit, though. Like, it was it a satellite or a ship? And I was mm-hmm. kind of I was curious at when, this fir- when the episode first started. I think we discovered what it was later. They- I don't think they came out and said that's what it was, but I think they hit another spaceship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that that was real clear either. Um, exactly what happened. I was admit I'm a little bit confused about the 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 turn of events because we got some flashbacks. You know, everything wasn't playing out in the same timeline. We got some you know flashbacks of, of things that happened prior to this event. So I was a little bit confused as to exactly how it all played out and how they got to where they are and and in that position. Um, but yeah, regardless, they were in some sort of danger and in like some unknown danger. But like you said, it, it is like that. Hey, we grew up in that in this location of the country where tornadoes are a reality. And yeah, you get taken to the basement and everybody's trying to be calm and distract you. Mm-hmm. And no, we're fine. It's going to be fine. Just bring your toys. and We're just going to chill out and hang out. It's going to be like we're just, you know, it's playtime in the basement. <laughs> not You know, <laughs> in, a, in my old like the house I live in now, we don't have a basement. Mm-hmm. And so, and where our bedroom lies, it's between another house where the wind will kind of spin. Oh, and I'm very sensitive to that for some reason. So there'll be times where like it gets windy, and I hear the like the twirling. I'm like, mm. oh shit, get to the closet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> grab the mattress off the bed and yeah, run to the closet, a, get the bathtub. <laughs> my wife like sleeps like a rock, and there was a in our old house. It was a split level. And I heard the twirling, and I looked outside, and one of my trees was like bent all the way over. It was, a, it was a, like a sapling, but it was bent all the way over, touching the ground. That's what they tell you, you know, when the trees are bent. Yeah, I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit, babe, we got to get downstairs." She's like, "What?" I'm like, "We got to get downstairs," <laughs> and she's grumbling downstairs. I'm grabbing like pillows off of the the couch and off the bed and throwing them down the steps, and she's like, "What are you doing? I don't want us to die." <laughs> Trying to save us. I am the man of the house. <laughs> but then trying nothing happens, <laughs> and I just woke her up for no reason. Always better to be safe than sorry, I say. Especially in, in, in those areas when, when you just never know. I've probably, I, I know I've pulled my kid um, out of bed more times than I can count, and boy, she was not a happy camper, but... Um, <laughs> I'm like, you'll be glad whenever, you know, the house is swept away that you weren't in bed when that happened. So <laughs> be grateful. Um, yeah. So that's my number five, just the introduction of the Robinson family. I really totally right away in that first scene thought I, I totally buy that they're a real family, that connection that they have, uh, that they were like a real family. So I loved it. That that really brought me in and 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 got my, my buy-in right away um, to them. So 
What's your number five? Yep, and that ties a little bit into my number five. I basically just titled it right into the action. Mm -hmm. You know, like we talked a little bit just already, like instantly you got this family. And we know they're the Robinsons. They show their names real close. Mm -hmm. And they're playing cards, and you're just dropped right into this event, this this life, this situation, this family. And I feel like Netflix is doing that with a lot of the shows, at least that we watch, is they don't kind of take their time uh, to, like, build a bunch of backstory. They're just like, hey, you're right here. Here's what's going on. Figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I love that, especially for something that most people binge is like, okay, like, hit me with it quick. Like, I can do this. I'm going to be watching 10 episodes in a night. Just give it to me right away. Right. Cut out all the fluff. Yeah. And and I think you get a lot of great story. You you know, treat the audience like they're intelligent. Like, they can figure it out. And this was a a very confusing episode for a bit because you're kind of like, okay, well, they're on this ship. Why are they on this ship? And then it crash lands, and you're kind of like, okay, I guess we're just jumping right into it. Uh, But they did a good job of kind of hitting backstories and things like that and giving you – like this was one of those episodes where after it was over, I was like, oh, I could really watch the second one right now to see what's going on. You know, Mm -hmm. left with a good cliffhanger. It did great stuff. But like I said, just got you right into the action, and we get to live on this new planet Hoth. You know, it's an ice-covered planet. (laughs) Thank you. I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, they're in Hoth. We know where they're at. You're not lost. (laughs) Just wait for the Jedi and the Tauntauns. That's right. Uh, the only thing that um, I feel like you're going to get this with us because this is, this does have a little bit of the feels of like the the 60s and 70s where you know, like the Star Treks and I guess like the the original Lost in Space where we put our characters in these like kind of unreal unrealistic like situations for uh, to create the drama. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the shipwrecks. It's on ice, and all of a sudden, oh, now it's under the water. Um, yeah. And then the daughter jumps in and tries to save the day. Uh, I don't really have this as one of my numbers, but you know, when she gets down there, they're like, Oh my gosh, we only have so many time, so many hours or minutes before it freezes over. Mm-hmm. And right as she's swimming up, it just kind of starts freezing and freezing and freezing. But yet the family that's on top is still in the same outfits and stuff like not having to cover their face or do anything crazy. Right. So there, there's some disbelief stuff there. I mean, it builds the drama and does a good job with that. But those are kind of things that's like, oh, okay, like this is a sci-fi show. So it's kind of more of an unrealistic type of scenario. Exactly. But, but I'm willing with, to let that go. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, it's a TV show. And, and again, it's it's a TV show that's taking place in outer space. Mm-hmm. So you're, I'm willing to give it that kind of uh, that leeway. Yeah, I'm with you because we're we're already in kind of a, a a strange place in predicament and environment anyway. We're we're exploring space, and so we've at least in our current society and times that we live in have explored very little of space and what's out there. So when you talk about you know going out into different galaxies or planets or exploring you know for a new world to colonize and find a new Earth, essentially, you got to kind of suspend your disbelief just a little bit and something. So I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, gosh, that water is freezing really fast and those temperatures dropped really fast. And again, like you said, the uh, above ground, they're watching it happen. And yeah, they don't seem to be any colder mm-hmm. than what they were just a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, But that's okay. I'll let that go. Because it, it, it. I feel like I was so caught up in the moment and the action and the drama mm-hmm. of, of the, because well, it was pretty cool effect to, oh, to start like to see. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool to see the water starting to freeze. And I certainly was feeling like um this like oh my gosh hurry hurry yeah. judy get the hell out of that water you know so i was so caught up in that i think they did a good job with keeping you in the moment that it you didn't think too hard of eh, the family didn't seem that much colder um but yeah i totally get what you're saying that's kind of a great point to add on to that so 
you know, them jumping right in the action, like a lot of times when you see new characters too, like on the first episode, you don't have as much care for them. Like, okay, who is this person? Mm-hmm. And right away, I kind of had like, oh shit, like this is Judy character. Like, if this water freezes, is she gonna die? And like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm caring about her in the first 15 minutes of this episode. Same. Yes, me too. I yeah, because I feel I felt very invested in the characters right away. Uh, I, I felt a slight attachment to them already, and I'm I was already thinking of like get out of the water, um, <laughs> you know, and, and caring about what happened to her right away because I felt like I don't know I almost felt like they were a little bit like my family a little bit, you know. Yeah. I, I cared for them that much, so good point. Good yeah, point. That's my number five is we're jumping right into the action. I like it. I like action. I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> good number five, my number four. So I'm calling this one the event and the event that I'm talking about, cause I feel like there's probably a couple events that you might think I'm talking about, but what I am talking about is the event of what the hell drives them out to space in the beginning. Mm. Why are they, you know, exploring space? Why are they trying to recolonize and, and what is their mission? And I don't know that that was made. I feel like we're probably going to get some more information later and I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay. Not having all the answers in the first episode. Um, but I think that what we've gotten, so we got some flashbacks. I mentioned earlier, we did get some flashbacks in this episode. So it made it a little bit confusing to kind of know the time of events. Um, so dad comes home and surprises the family. It's Christmas time. Uh, everybody's excited, happy to have him home. Cause it looks like he's a soldier, uh, who's, who's away for, for times and he's deployed and such. So they don't get to see their dad that often. Um, short-lived little celebration because then there's something that happens. Looks like they don't quite call it that. They're calling it an object. I'm guessing like a meteor, an asteroid, something is uh, getting ready to collide with Earth. And of course, we've seen, we've all, haven't we all seen Armageddon and Deep Impact? Mm-hmm. You know, so we know that when Bruce something- Bruce Willis is going to save the day. Bring out Bruce and the drill team, man. Yep, and um, Affleck. There's a lot of actually good actors in that. There is, you know what, Armageddon gets a lot of crap, and I like that movie. Well, I just like a Liv, good action movie. Liv Tyler's in there, the uh, Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> yes. Steve Buscemi? Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, say, Billy Bob Thornton? Uh, shoot, who's the, uh, the, the tall guy from um, Green Mile? Isn't he in there? Yes. Ben Rames. Oh. I think it's Ben Rames. No, not it's Ben not, Rames. It's not Ben Rames. Oh, goodness. Yes, he's from the Green Marvel. What the hell is it? Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed that I can't think of his name. Of course, I know who he is. Y'all know who we're talking about. Um, yes, the big fellow with the very deep baritone voice. Yes. yes. Um, so, yeah, Please. I mean, I love a good. <laughs> oh, the jet plane. I don't know where and I'll um, be back again. Leaving. Oh, sorry, you people don't want to hear me say at all. That's horrible. I'm sorry to put you through that. You can edit that out, Sean. Um, you got all the power. Anyway, but yeah, I love that movie. Who doesn't love a good just, you know, Earth is going to be destroyed and we got to figure it out somehow. So that to me looks like what is happening here. Now, it doesn't look like it's completely destroying the Earth, but we do know from our movie history that it's enough to kind of make this huge because it looks like when you see them later on, you see uh, Penny and Maureen. Uh, going to a, uh, some sort of shop, Christmas shopping, looks to be a few years later, that it looks 
real dusty. Like the atmosphere just looks very dusty and smoggy. They're wearing these masks. So it looks like that this was enough of an impact, which reminds me of the title of the show, Impact. I thought of the sh- mm. impact of the ship when it crashed and the impact of this asteroid comet, whatever the hell it was that I hit the Earth. In the when uh, her, their dad, when John first shows up on the TV, I think they said something like they were calling it the Christmas star at first. Okay. So I don't I don't know if it stuck with that name, but that was that was something I saw on the the TV like Christmas star with a question mark or something along those okay. lines. Okay, good pickup because I totally missed that. I must have been uh, either looking at something else or taking notes or something, and I missed that. So good pickup. That yeah, hey, it was Christmas, right? So it's Christmas star. So we know that whenever those types of things do make an impact, that it does affect our atmosphere, and it sounds like it made enough of an impact that they felt that they were going to need like Earth is dying is what I'm getting that a couple years have went by and based on what at least what we can see we don't get told a whole lot is that earth is probably going to die out Um, because when the dust collects in the atmosphere and the sun cannot penetrate the atmosphere anymore we go into like what didn't they call it a nuclear winter isn't that what morgan freeman called it yeah something like that Oh, my movie references. I'm sorry, folks. I live my life by movie references <laughs> in line. Sorry. So we, we, it sounds like two years have passed and it sounds like Penny and her mom, when they're in the store, that dad's not in the picture anymore. He's, they're not divorced, but they're estranged, I guess is what we're getting. Um, so I, I just thought it was, you know, we, we should take a moment to at least think about that event and exactly if we're going to get any more information or do we really need any more information about what it was that somehow they're putting together this initiative to have these colonies go out into space and look for basically habitat of new earth. And then the people that are being left behind, the hell happens to the people left behind? I mean, just die? Uh, or did they not do caves? Yeah. They didn't watch a deep to- impact or, uh, <laughs> no. the, what do they call them? The, uh, Oh shit. The, uh, the ark. Yeah. The ark, the limestone caves in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I mean, like the Christmas star thing and everything that went to that. I mean, you know, John had a, you you got the sense from the the beginning that he's kind of like a, a, a big soldier. He's with the Marines. It seems mm-hmm. like he's always deployed some kind of special ops type type of scenario. Because Secretive. Never, yeah, can yep. never tell him where they are. And you know, here they are going, hoping he'll be back this Christmas. So it's been two years, and he's off somewhere doing something. And you know, this, this kind of ties into my number three, which I, I titled "Pre-Space." So we kind of get a lot of of information pre what's going on, yep. and you made the the comment of that they're estranged and you know they're struggling and like she said and the weird thing so the one weird thing I had again disbelief type of scenario mm-hmm. she uh, easily calls him on a cell phone <laughs> and the conversation there she's like oh well you're a hard man to find and I'm kind of like well you, you just called him and he picked <laughs> up like. Doesn't seem that difficult. I thought that too. And I thought, well, maybe she was like, well, you know, I can, he's never reachable, but I'm going to just take a chance and call a cell phone. And he just happens to answer this one time. So I'm thinking, well, maybe he hasn't been so responsive or maybe he's not always around his phone or he's in an area where he can't either answer or has no signal. I don't know. Maybe he does leave a cell phone at home and he, or yeah. not at home, but it has the barracks or wherever he's at while he's out on the field, whatever it is. Cause it's never explained what he, what he is. What exactly yeah. he does, you just get the, the you know, that he's wearing fatigues and, and in some sort of like an army base or, or something with other soldiers. But yeah, we don't know what he does and uh, what his qualifications are. But he, I, I think he is kind of high up there a little bit. And, and yeah, very secretive stuff because he can't talk about where he's at. But yeah, I, I laugh at that too. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but he, uh, you know, she says, "Why well, I've got something I sent to you. And he pulls it up. He's like, oh, divorce papers. It, it, it seemed like a half joke, half like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, apparently he probably hasn't been home in over a year, year and a half. And she basically says, I want to take the kids into the Jupiter Project because she just basically somehow, I'm guessing she sent some secret file to somebody that changed Will's uh, test scores. Yeah. And got him accepted. And that's when she called John to say, hey, I'm doing this, but I need you to sign off. And it's one of those things that I feel like being a soldier has to be so tough in its own because you're away for so long. Yes. And with this, and in some of these countries, it's almost probably like being on another planet. But at mm-hmm. least, you know, when you get home, you'll be able to see your your family. But in this scenario, she's like, hey, I'm taking kids off planet. You haven't seen them for a long time, but I'm taking them. Yeah. And I think and, it's safe. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying, and not coming back. Yeah. No, yeah, that's for it. sure. And, but I think it's safe to say that, you know, John had some kind of dedication to the the Marine Corps. Like, that was his job. That was his dedication. But I think it's safe to say that he gave that up to go on to this Jupiter project with his family. Yes. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping we see how that plays out because it's hard to get out of the military just to be like, hey, I want to go do something different. You know, mm-hmm. You're kind of in it. You're in it. And for him to be able to like, hey, okay, Marines, uh, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go to space with my family. I'm really curious to see how that plays out. I feel like that's probably a pretty interesting conversation too, because they, because she's, you know, he's like, oh, it must be divorce papers. And she's kind of like, well, mm-hmm. there's really, is there really even a point to that? Because it's like, you're not home anyway. You know, yeah. you're, you're pretty much not in our lives anyway. Sounds like he struggles to know whether or not, whatever it's his circumstances that prevent him from coming home as often as he'd like, um, or whatever it is that prevent, because it sounds like he's not around that much. Because she's, you know, she tells uh, Penny, well, I wouldn't get your hopes up, you know, when she's talking about him coming. Yeah. Home for Christmas or something, or seeing him for Christmas. So it sounds like he's not around that much now. Is it his fault? I don't know. I mean, we know that the military pretty much owns your life, um, so you know it's not always a choice that you have in, in those kinds of regards. So it may not be his fault completely, but it sounds like he's not around very much. So she's kind of like, well, I don't know what the point is at this point. You know, they're already estranged, living apart. Didn't sound like they have much of a relationship. But it certainly would be interesting to hear that conversation between the two because he's like, you know, what are you talking about taking my kids away from me? And it's not just taking the kids away like a custody thing, like legit off planet. Yeah, I'm taking the kids, and you're just never going to see them again. This sounds. I mean, this is this is a one-way mission, you know, that that they're on. And I kind of go back to my earlier comments, like how many families do you think did that, you know, coming to the new world? It's like, okay, well, say bye to your your grandparents or your sister because Mm -hmm. we can only afford one ticket or, you know, we're the only ones that can make this trip. And when you cross that ocean, you were never seeing them again. And at least then you could say like, well, at least we could send letters and things like that. I mean, I'm guessing with this technology, they probably have ways to send some type of electronic mail, but you never know how reliable that'll be. Right. Because they don't even know where they're going to end up. But they don't really even mm-hmm. have a destination. They're looking for a place that they can, you know, that ha- that's a very similar type planet or place to inhabit that's similar to Earth. They have to have a breathable atmosphere. You know, there's all of these things I'm sure that's on their list. I am not a scientist. I am not that smart of a person. But I'm sure there's a checklist of things that they have to have, you know, sustainable type of planet similar to earth that they can land and, and reestablish a new earth, a new colony. And, um, so yeah, I think that that would have been a really interesting conversation between those two where he's like, well, I'm rejoining the family. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 
<laughs> he shows I'm up with his space bags and yeah, Holiday Road from National Lampoon starts playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I bet that was right. Because I'm just thinking, you know, from a, a relationship perspective, you know, and the, the trials and tribulations of having a relationship. And, you know, it's just like, well, I'm coming home and, <laughs> you know, this is how it's going to be. And, and that must have been pretty hard. But I think that they really played it off really well because I didn't get from you could sense a little bit of tension between Judy and her dad in that first scene when they're playing go fish at the mm. table i thought hmm but that's not that uncommon i mean there's always you know a child and a parent that you know sometimes you know are bickering at the time or upset with each other at the time or something and i didn't get right away that there were really any deep issues with the family or that there were any issues between john and maureen um so um i thought that they're they're doing a really good job of trying to hold the family together under those types of circumstances. So I found that really interesting. Um, so yeah, good, good points. Gosh, I kind of rambled off on that one. Sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. I mean, like, like you said, like you kind of feel that hostility at first, but I mean, you really, cause at first we didn't realize that at least I didn't, that they were on like a bigger group. Like I thought maybe they were in the ship and they were just traveling on their own. Like they were on their own covered wagon going out into the West. Yes. I got that too at first. And so, I mean, I could see like, it's like, oh, geez, dad wants to play go fish again. You know, because who doesn't <laughs> get annoyed with time. people? Yeah. Like who doesn't get annoyed with people on long car rides? Could you imagine long space rides? You can't even get out and oh, stretch your legs. No. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. You get so sick of looking at the same person and mm. sitting in a car for so long. I know oh, I'm that way. But No internet either. Like there'd be no internet. Anything you had would be like physical. So you'd have to make sure that uh, we know Penny does it. She downloads a bunch of books and things like that. No kidding. Load up that iPad on oh, all, yeah. download all those episodes on Netflix and and <laughs> and you probably can't have physical copies because it'd probably be too heavy because you got to have as much you know actual resources on that ship. Exactly. There's a weight uh, limit, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, you just at least hope that you have your own room that you can go to in that spaceship to get away from everyone for a yes. little while. Ugh. Anyway, that's awesome. So that was my number four. What was your number four? All right, my number four I've kind of grouped together is like lots of redemption and proving of oneself. Mm. Um, so we talked about John a little bit. It seems like he's trying to come in and prove himself to as being a good dad. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he wasn't a good dad. Like, I'm sure what he was doing was, you know, not just for himself. Like, you know, he's doing something for his family. He's doing to provide for his family. But he's kind of an absentee dad in the sense that his job's taking us away from his family. So you know, we mentioned earlier, he's given something up to come back and lead this family on this huge journey. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to redeem himself as a father. Um, Will, I think, is trying to prove to himself that he belongs here. There's numerous times, you know, before we find out that his mom kind of did something to get his test scores changed that he he thinks he shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. You know, right away, his first task is like, hey, we need to get you in here, jump in, you go through the hatch and get what we need. And he kind of freezes up and his sister Judy takes the lead because, you know, she's a bigger sister. She's going to take care of him. Yeah. Um, I think Judy, like, I think she's trying to prove that she's as strong or as brave as her dad. You know, she's trying to prove to herself and prove to them that, you know, she's just as good as her dad. Not mm-hmm. in like a malicious way, like, oh, my God, dad, I'm so much better than you. <laughs> right. But just in a way, it's like, you know, I'm, you know, I want to make you proud. I'm as good as you are. Yeah. Um, and then Penny's like, I'm trying to prove that I'm just as good as Judy, you know, that I'm as capable as my sister. Yeah, my perfect sister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not really sure what Maureen's trying to prove. Maybe maybe that she can keep this family together. Maybe that she she's built a strong family. Um, with her, I'm not quite sure what, what how she falls into this kind of grouping. But Maybe we'll find out soon. Mm-hmm. 
That's good. I like that. I Yeah, I picked up on a lot of that, too. So those are some really good points. And I think that's what made these characters just really interesting. And they just, they seem like real people. I mean, they are characters, but they don't feel that much like characters. I mean, that was what I think was such a pleasant surprise after watching this first episode, because it felt like, I felt like, I feel like I'm in the Robinson family already. I I care Mm. about them, and I care about what happens to them already from this first episode. And that just doesn't happen very often with me um, in in TV shows. Sometimes it just, I don't quite feel that, like, I can appreciate something, I can like something, but I don't feel like I'm a part of it or, or, you know, make that connection. So, that's what really surprised me about this. I thought, yeah, it's probably going be a pretty good show and I'm, I'm going to give it a shot but I was really pleasantly surprised and that's what makes them all feel so real what you just pointed out good number, so my four. number four is just kind of some redemption and proving of oneself yeah I like it okay so that goes into my number three and you kind of mentioned it already and I'm wondering if we're gonna get I don't know if we need more information or not but my number three is titled trade uh so yeah, like you said, poor Will. Oh my goodness, I just love this little boy. I didn't get the mm-hmm. actor's name. I, I know I came across it on IMDb, but I didn't write it down. Um, I just love this little boy as well, and I totally think he's doing a really great job. Oh yeah, does a great like <sighs> kills it. Does it? I mean, those emotions. Crying, yeah, like he's hitting all the emotions <laughs> and. Man, I, you know, I'm thinking about it now. That's what I, you know, that's what just really shocks me about this show. It just really got me and I just, the will just really got me. So we, we get during the flashbacks and after the crash, you know, Will talks a lot about, like you already mentioned, not feeling like part of the group or the family. He feels like he failed his test to be able to join his family on the mission. Everybody has to, you know, pass some sort of test or whatever it is, the trials and tribulations that you have to go through to be able to, to join the colony mission. Um, he feels like he's failed. It was super sweet when Judy was like, you know, uh, you don't even have the results yet. Just wait till we get the results. And she throws her manuals away and says, I'll just use yours when you get them. Uh, but then we find out that uh, he did fail. And Maureen has, I know I'm pronouncing her name wrong. Someone's going to smack me for that. Um, that. She has made a deal with someone to fake the results. And it, we don't know who. Uh, and, and, and we don't know what the trade was like, what, uh, that's what I'm curious about is what did she trade and will that come into play later? Uh, it might not, and it might not even be important. Maybe it was just important for us to know that will did not pass. And I'm sure maybe he'll find out later. I feel like this isn't something that you put out there that, you know, this lie and that will won't somehow it won't come out later. Mm-hmm. That because I don't think anyone else but her, the mom knows, you know, no one else knows about Will failing the test. Um, so I feel like that's probably something that's going to come out. Um, is it important to know what she traded? I don't know. It may not be, but I'm just interested to know what did she have to do and maybe who was it who did it that's important? Maybe it's not. And what did she trade and is it important? Maybe it's not. But that's my whole that's my whole number three is that trade. Yeah, I think that the trade part, I mean, it was a file that she transferred. She she hit mm-hmm. her window when she did it. She looks like she's probably um, per- pervy to some kind of, you know, secrets. You know, she's very smart, so she, you know, was a, looked like a doctor, had her own office in a really big building. So obviously she had to be important. Well, um, and did you see, though, from her window, the, the ships that, like their ship, and and other ships are in the background of her window. Yeah. So she so, somehow is a part of this 
I, and I don't know what pro, what the name of the project was or this movement. It was this mission that they're a part of, but she's somehow a part of that. I, I'm thinking she's some sort of scientist or mm-hmm. she is clearly very smart. Um, but I saw that in the window. I thought, oh, she's got something to do with this organization. So she's probably got some ties to somebody who can produce those results and fake the results or whatever. Um, so yeah, Maybe that's what I got like from them. De- details for other ships or how to build the ships or... It's, I don't even know. You know, it may be like you said, maybe it just comes out that she sold some, or instead of selling for money, she sold something that got him approved. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's kind of like what we talked about in the old one, like the shotgun that you see at the beginning of an episode. Like, <laughs> it has some, it's got to have some meaning. Like You don't show point, it. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. it's going to come out that, you know, somebody somewhere got this and is going to do harm with it. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if it's important that we know exactly what it was that she traded because ain't nobody going to do something like that. That's probably something you can get some big trouble, I'm sure, for. Oh, yeah. You know, so I'm sure she had to, to, to bring something to the table to make, you know, that deal worthwhile for that other person. Um, and, and like I said, it may not even be worth knowing. It may not even matter. I'm just, I'm curious about it and it's fine if I don't find out, but it did make me question like, well, what does she have to do and who was that person? Does, does that come into play later? We're only in the first episode, so who knows what we're going to find out later. So anyway, what's your number three? All right, uh, my number three, we touched on a little bit, but it was just kind of the pre-space stuff. So mm-hmm. kind of tacking on to what you talked about, we see Will building a model of the, I think it's called the uh, Resolute. Resolute, yeah. Um, so we see him building that. So he's got, he's, he's a smart kid, like to put all that together pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned the rule of the Robinsons. The Robinsons stick together. Yeah. Um, which, you know, right that right after that we see the mom fake the uh um or sell the, the the bile to be able to get him to join the ship, which I don't blame I mean if, if you're gonna know that three two of your kids and you are gonna be able to go on this trip and you're gonna have to leave your son behind, you're gonna do everything in your power to try and make sure he can go. No freaking way. Either or the whole family stays behind yeah. or you're not gonna leave. Nobody's gonna do that. And man, Will's face, that's that's what I'm saying about this young actor playing Will. And I'm promise I'm gonna learn his name because I feel like he deserves to be named it's, and acknowledged. Uh, Maxwell Jenkins is Aww. the kid's name. He's what even a got a cute, cute name. I'll say even a cute Max Jenkins. Cute. Oh man, I'm Maxwell? in love with this. I'm in love with this little boy already. What, mother, what a cutie. But mother, I'm just, off to do my acting. <laughs> Do you think that's how he talks? Yeah, I think he's a little British kid. He's probably British. Everybody's British. Everybody's <laughs> British now. I, I see these actors' interviews now, and I'm like, holy shit, I didn't know you were British. Yeah. We've got this British invasion of all these actors over here now. Um, he's such an adorable little kid. And man, I felt it when he was talking to, to Penny in the kitchen as he's putting that model together. And he's like, you know, I'll get left behind. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. little will behind don't leave that little boy behind i mean that was horrible to think that and uh i i totally whatever that whatever she did i would have done it too and if if i couldn't have done it then we're just gonna plan our ass home and yep. uh deal with whatever the consequences of that freaking thing hitting the earth are you know i guess we'll all go down together but, I mean, um, you're like nuclear winter. It's going to get cold, and what happens? They land on an ice planet. So <laughs> right tomatoes tomatoes <laughs> trade one for the other. Oh. Uh, but that pretty much touches the only other things I had on the pre-space. But I really like, I've always liked whenever shows kind of semi-Quentin Tarantino it, where they kind of give you 
Like, here's the future, here's the past. Like, I don't know if you watch Westworld much. I love um, it. Not yes. to spoil it, but Westworld's really good about that, like showing you these timelines as you go. So you're kind of like finding these puzzle pieces and putting them together. And, you know, you, you feel super smart when it clicks. You're like, oh, my God, I get it. Even though, like, the, the TV show's guiding you that way. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I like, if it keeps up this way, like, through the whole season where we're getting these pieces, I'm going to really, really enjoy it. Oh yeah, me too. I'm I'm digging it so far, and I I'm again. We're sticking. If no one knows already, um, and Sean, I think you're probably doing it too. We're watching it week by week, right? Mm-hmm. We're not yep. binging this. So only watched episode um, one. Yep, me too. I wanted to keep watching. I was definitely, like I said, I was really intrigued and, and invested in this first episode. But um, I'm sure lots of folks have already binged the first season, uh, and that's cool too. But we're just gonna we're gonna stick to one by one. Because we're purists. No. Um, so my number two. So my number two, even though I haven't watched the original, I know enough. I feel a little bit about it. So my number two is Dr. Smith. So I thought it was super cool that in this version of this reboot of Lost in Space that Dr. Smith is a female uh, in the original, I know it was a male actor. And I, you know, and if you are an original Lost in Space fan, please feel free to like correct us if I get something wrong. Like I said, I totally admit I haven't watched it. I only know just what I know by references and because it was so popular. Um, and I read way too much about this stuff. Um, so I thought that was super interesting. I, I like Parker Posey. I think she's got a little bit of the unhinged look about her that I can totally buy because she looks a little she looks a little unhinged she, she kind of reminded me of like a mental patient yes I, I there and I, I kind of forgot until you mentioned it that in the original there was a doctor mm-hmm. that kind of traveled with him because when she first showed up at the very end of this episode I I still I'm thinking she's a bad person like she's got evil intentions Yes. Yeah. So we do. And, and clearly she's not a very nice person. I get that it's kind of a, a you or me kind of situation. And it looks like some bad, bad stuff was happening there on, on the Resolute where they're at. So we get this flashback to 12 hours earlier, all the way at the end of the episode. In the last couple of minutes, we get this flashback to earlier as to kind of what happened. So we get to the Resolute and all the families and the colonists are there. Everyone's evacuating. Um we see there's some some stuff happening and everybody needs to get the hell out of there and that this she's not really a Dr. Smith. And I'm guessing, and this is why if if you know and you're a fan of the original or Sean, if you know, because I don't know. I knew there was a Dr. Smith in the original, but was he really Dr. Smith? Or is it with this kind mm. of scenario where she's just saying that she's Dr. Smith? Which so, I mean, if you know, if if she is a good person, I guess you can kind of see it like that flashback to the Resolute, you know, we see this robot killing everybody. And, you know, maybe she's just a worker on the ship because we see the two workers mm-hmm. who they talk about how, like, they can't get in the escape pods. Like, mm-hmm. they're tied they're to the maintenance. Resolute. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so maybe she was a cook on the ship or something, or maybe she was a, a nurse. And so she grabs this jacket that gives her access and she's able to kind of go on and survive, which you can't blame her then. She's very resourceful, but. I just got like kind of like a, you know, is this a bad person vibe? Definitely. When she, because she didn't even help the real doctor, the real Dr. Smith, you know, she's like, oh, sorry about your luck. I'm going to take your jacket and you can just, you know, you can just die. Um, (laughs) So I, I, I definitely think she has some ill intentions. That's for sure. I know we just got a few minutes of her 
but uh, she does, yes, look very resourceful. She looks a little unhinged because she did just the clothing that she wore reminded me of like what you would wear if you're a mental patient and mm-hmm. like in a straight jacket. I don't know that she is just because she was running around in the halls or whatever you call it in, in the general area. I mean, if you're locked up, you're probably locked up and you're not out running around with everyone else. But what do I know? Um, so I thought it was interesting as well. I don't know if you caught this or not, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his name right or not. Bill Mummy? Mummy? Oh, God, I'm sorry. Um, he's the only actor to have appeared in the original t- TV series Lost in Space. He played Will Robinson. Oh, in the cool. remake, he was the real Dr. Smith. Oh, that's pretty cool. I so didn't that, catch that. that doctor, the real Dr. Smith that she takes that jacket away from... That that actor played Will Robinson in the original Lost in Space. I like that. I was curious yeah. if they're going to have anybody from the old ones on here. That's yeah. really cool. I always Super like when cool. they, they reboot sh- shows like this, they're able to kind of pull like the original people in just for a bit. Yeah, it kind of for the fans of the original, and exactly. you know, does kind of help make you know tie it in there. So when I saw that, I thought that was pretty interesting. But I just I thought it was cool that they're making Doctor Smith a female, and that they're okay with switching genders. I like when they're switching up genders, and that they can that they're okay putting a female in because Doctor Smith was you know like the villain in Lost in Space. You know, he okay. was he was the bad guy. He was you know like the I don't know how bad. I honestly, like I said, don't know that much. I look. I'll admit, I watched the movie, okay? I watched the Matt LeBlanc movie. I'm sorry, I admit it. (laughs) Um, But I don't know that that really tells me a whole lot about the original show and the character. But in that movie, uh, which, you know, the movie, no, was not great. But Dr. Smith in the movie was played by Gary Oldman. And I love Gary Oldman. He was not a super awesome guy, character. So, um I like when they're not afraid to have put a female in that kind of role. So I do like the gender switch. That was really my whole point and all of my rambling on my number two was I really like that, you know, we see she's not really Dr. Smith and that they've switched the gender. And I find it interesting. And I like Parker Posey. I think she'll do a great job with this role. That's my number two. What's your number two, Sean? All right. So my number two is just Danger Will Robinson. Danger Will Robinson. Yay! So, you know, the original show, we get like a a weird kind of like trash can looking robot. And with this, (laughs) we get a really cool looking robot. Super cool. Will comes on a crash, which looks like the the thing that the Jupiter 2 hit. So I'm guessing that they collided with this ship. Now, was this ship carrying the robot that was in the Resolute fighting? Or is this a different ship? Like, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. But instantly, Will's kind of investigating, runs into this thing that's chasing him that looks like a leg. And, you know, as he's walking around in the woods, he says something about, well, there's vegetation, so there's probably things that eat vegetation. And there's probably things that eat the things that eat vegetation. <laughs> yeah. So when I saw these legs, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's like a big troll or something like that that's going to eat him. Uh, but we end up we seeing it's just a pair of legs, and he climbs a tree for safety, and what does he see is this robot thing. And we don't really see why the robot didn't attack him. It was kind of like it looked like it was, but then it just kind of stopped. So I don't know if it was because he was stuck or what the deal was. He looked as scared as Will did. And yeah, kind I kind of yeah. got that. He's like, well, I don't know if you're going to hurt me or not. And, you know, he just looked like he was just defending himself for a moment. Because it's, it's just like a, a an animal that's in a trap, you know, that mm-hmm. like, they're scared and fighting for their life. And that's what the second half of the robot was. He was stuck in the tree and couldn't get out. 
And so we see Will, you know, the, the force on fire and Will, like, this is where you see, like, Will's got some bravery. Like, he's not scared to death because he's like, hey, listen, at least one of us should survive. Yeah. He takes his little chainsaw out and cuts the wood that the robot can then fall down and become whole again. And we see that these two come together and, you know, the robot saves Will, which in turn leads to him saving his sister and saving his family, too, because after they get the, the sister out of the ice, they're like, oh, yeah, it's really cold out here, too. Can you warm us up? Yeah, without setting us on fire. <laughs> <laughs> he's like going, he's like, medium well, Robinson. What? <laughs> well, and I think that would actually be a valid point. I mean, the the event that was happening on the Resolute, you saw what was happening, right? While yeah, these people are running down the hall and what were they running from? Some kind of, and was it the same robot? Was it a different robot? Um, because when you see uh the robot that saved Will get with a family, he starts, or I think maybe it was just with Will, I can't remember, but he starts to try to take on like humanoid features, like he has hands, he's got more of a face, and and right, you know, it's almost like, oh, well, I'm adapting to what you look like because I don't want you to be scared of me. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. So, yeah, we got that at the very end that. You know, there's this, and like you said, was it the same robot? I don't know. Is it a, a group of of these robot species? Are, are they? A, I don't know if you can call them a species, but you know what I'm trying to get at. Um, you know that that attacked the Resolute. What part did this particular robot play in that whole uh, incident? I don't know, but it was certainly interesting. Um, and but clearly, this one ain't so bad because he. And again, I don't know what how the robot came about in the original. So I don't know if it, if it, if it was a similar situation or how much, I don't know how much uh, license they're taking with this reboot, yeah. you know, hold, how much they're holding onto the original and how much they're kind of being creative with. So I really need to do some more homework on this. I feel bad that I did not do more um, prior to this, but I will, I'll, be, I'll come back better informed later, but um, that's well, a I'm, good, good number. I'm trying to come in like very like, without knowing anything because I don't want it to spoil it. Like I kind of, I'm looking yeah. at this like this is the very first time I've ever seen it. Yeah. The gist That's I got good. from the original was that like the robot was kind of like a, not really like a servant or like a, you know, a service robot, like an Android or a droid type thing. Right. Um, That's what this, I thought. With this, it looks like it's a, it's a species. It's like a transformer type thing. Yeah. And he did. Cause he looked, he looked way more scary when he was up in the tree and yeah, he had like he those four crazy arms and looked very ominous and, and dangerous. And, uh, then yeah, he did his little, uh, transformer moves and had two arms instead of the four and yeah, looked more humanoid and looked like just someone underneath that suit. It almost like a robot suit. Mm. What I like about it is so like, it's almost like the Wookiee life debt. So Will saved, <laughs> saved him. So he's like, oh, okay, Will, now I owe you a life debt. And he saves Will, and, and Will he's like, okay, well, I've, I've fulfilled my life debt, Will. I've saved you. And Will's like, oh, will you, will you please save my sister? <laughs> and he's like, okay, 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 British Will, I'll save your sister. And he you know, melts the ice, pulls his sister. He's like, okay, well, you know, two for one, that's, that's, probably, that's probably too much. So I'll see you guys. Will you keep us warm? It's cold. He's like, that's three for one, Will. I mean, come on. It's a Wookiee life debt. I saved your life and your sister. All right. Oh, gosh. That you, well, who can say no to Will? That's true. He is so damn cute. When, when <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You know, when he's when he comes tumbling through that tunnel of ice and lands there at the bottom of the glacier, 
And, you know, his he's communicating with his dad and his dad's like, I'm sorry, I have to go. I have to go save, you know, Judy, I'll be back for you. And just the look of the, the on that boy's face, that being left behind and knowing that he's out there alone on this unknown planet. Like you said, he's talking about, well, there's vegetation, so there must be something that eats the vegetation, which there must be something out here that eats what eats the vegetation. Um, you know, he's clearly scared of the unknown and he played that <coughs> so well. Um, it was, you know, I, I could not say no to that little boy. Um, and I'm not really one for kids, but this kid I really, really like. Um, so yeah, how can you say no to that? But I mean, like you talked about him tumbling through the, the, the thing and like, you know, his dad's like, okay, you're, are you hurt? Are you fine? You know, a lot of TV shows play on this and they'll be like, oh, well I got to save my son. Even though, you know, your daughter only has so much time left. Mm -hmm. So I felt like this is like in situations where it's like, okay, my son's safe that I'm, I'm aware of my daughter only has, you know, three hours of air left. Okay. I can't get to you and get to her. So you stays put, I'm going to go save your sister and then I'll come back. Yeah. And it's kind of like the, when you're out in the middle of nowhere, like in that kind of travel, like you have to make those hard choices. Yeah. And, and having to do that as a parent, you know? Oh Yeah. It's not just like you're leaving a team member or something behind, which is probably kind of what you have to kind of think about it. You have to kind of maybe take some of that out of it. Yes, it's your child, but maybe you have to kind of be practical about the situation and who can you help right now? Who has, who's the one in more immediate danger? Yeah. Cause I mean, you, you go know? down there and you end up getting stuck and now you and your son dies and you can't get back and save your other daughter. So now there's three of your team members who are gone. It's and especially in that situation, like, you know, he's OK, you know, he's somewhere safe. And I don't remember if he told him that he saw the vegetation or not, but, you know, he's safe. At least you got to get back and do like the mission. And that's what their dad is. He's very focused on the mission. Mm -hmm. The mission is to save Judy. Then the second mission is to go back and save Will. Yeah. Talk about a hard call. And and I, I'm sure if he was able to get back because he's like can you get back up and will's like no i don't think so well that tells you like you said if, if he had went ahead and went and rescued will then how do they get back up clearly that's not mm -hmm. going to be just a a quick little climb up there's going to take some serious effort which just that means judy loses more time yeah. and loses more air so um yeah all, all you can do is hunker down and say just just find a safe spot hunker down don't stray from that spot i'll be right back oh my goodness i cannot imagine you know, just putting myself in those shoes. <laughs> Stay in the house, Carl. <laughs> and like Carl, he did not listen. That's right. <laughs> Will. He he went off and found himself an adventure. It yeah, was so did. adorable when he whips out like his little GoPro <laughs> selfie stick camera. And he's like, I'm documenting this because I think I've discovered, <laughs> you know, this new new species or, or proof of aliens. And I'm like, you are so damn adorable and such a smart, cute little boy. And he's walking around and talking about damage to the ship and uh, no sign of life. And, you know, is there anyone there? So damn adorable. Um, I, I can't wait to see more of this kid in this series. That's awesome. Kay, do you have anything else on your number two? Nope. What do you have for your number one? My number one? We've talked a bit about it already, but it's the robot. I was so thrilled to see this robot in this version of the robot because, like you said, in the original, he's kind of clunky and, and looks like a trash can with wheels mm. um, and some, like... Uh, What's what's the stuff called with the your dryer vent stuff? Oh, if that, you didn't say it, I would wouldn't think of it. Basically, <laughs> you know okay, the vents. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah those weird arms. 
It's like one of those homemade robots that you make at home out of a um, costume or something. But anyway, <laughs> this super cool robot I just really dug. Um, kind of talked about it already, Will finding this crash ship uh, that's different than the colony ships. He... You know, he sees these legs, he runs away from them thinking, oh my gosh, I got to get away from this, stumbles on this other half, which, as I mentioned, seemed almost as scared as Will. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how did this, to me anyway, that's the impression I got. Maybe he was ominous and was looking to hurt Will, but realized Will couldn't possibly pose any threat, you know, to him. He's just a little boy. Maybe he picked up on that right away and decided not to hurt him. Um Will, you know, kind of tries to talk to him a little bit, communicate, has no clue if he can even understand him or not. But he does kind of pick up on the fact that the robot's dying, uh, that maybe his main power source or recharge or whatever is maybe on his other half of of his legs because he realizes his legs are still going around and around. But um, his upper half there seems to be dying out. And I know it's a robot, but I felt bad for the robot. Um, I know it's, it's, you know, but I thought it's, it's, it seems like a conscious being. So I I felt bad that I was like, oh no. And then, you know, like you said, he did his little trick with his little, his little chains. It wasn't a chainsaw, but whatever he had that cut the limb, uh, we need more of those. That was pretty, pretty efficient. You got to have those in your bug out bags. I think I've got like three or four of them. Really? Those exist? Oh yeah. They're all over the the little hand saws. Yeah. They have like uh, that quick. yeah, it's basically like a little chain, and they're super cheap too. But they're essentially just like a chainsaw type blade, double sided, and you have uh, two rings that you put your fingers through, and you just go back and forth, kind of like a saw. The only thing I thought was weird was he was kind of doing it from the top down. I think yeah. you'd want to go more from the bottom up. That's then what you could I wonder. Kind of more like pulling up and less pu- pushing down. Right. We're gonna have a conversation after this. You're gonna help me with my bug out bag. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he's he's. He cuts the limb and he pushes the robot out of the tree so he has a chance to escape. And I really like this moment because Will is braver than he gives himself credit for. Mm. You know, he does admit to, you know, feeling like he doesn't fit in. He doesn't feel like he's good enough than the rest of the family, that everyone earned their place and he did not earn his place, he feels. And I feel that he has earned his place, you know, just because you, I don't know, I hate tests and I hate how they put so much, um, and maybe it's because I didn't do so well at them that I believe this, um, but how they put so much into tests that, it, well, you didn't pass this test, so you're you're a complete failure in life or something. Um, that's not necessarily true. And I think that, you know, maybe given another chance, Will probably could have passed whatever test it was that he failed. And I think that this definitely shows that he has earned his place and solidified his place in the family uh, for being a very smart, resourceful little boy and doing what he did in this act of bravery and decided to sacrifice himself Um, because he had nowhere to go. He couldn't get anywhere to go, but he's like, well, why should both of us die? And I just thought that was a really sweet moment. And then, yeah, totally badass when the robot jumps up there and rescues him and then takes him to the family. And then the robot saves the family, saves the day. And then that's all we get. Um, and the only words uttered from him was danger. Will Robinson. Mm-hmm. Love yeah, that. It was pretty cool. It's almost like he was kind of like studying will a little bit, kind of like quickly, like analyzing. Okay. Now I know your, your language. Now I know all these things. Yeah. I loved it. I, I'm so into this story more than what I thought it was going to be. So I'm loving it. What's your number one? 
my number one we've already really talked about, but it's just the Resolute. So it's this this big giant ship that's kind of taken everybody. It's got these escape pods, the Jupiters, for the 24th mission. So were there 23 other missions, or did they skip numbers, or how did that work? Yeah. And then we see the attack at the end where it looks like a robot that just saved Will, you know, so... Tons of question there is like, is this the same robot? Is this a different robot? Like, what's going on here? And wonder then, if we'll get know, more flashbacks. I hope so. I hope it keeps up in that way. And this this just wasn't the first episode because, like you said, like Doctor Smith, like what's her story? Mm-hmm. You know, the the West character and the other maintenance person that jumped on board with her. Like, what's their story? Yeah, how um, are they going to play a part in the story? Yeah, and like all the other ships that like uh, escaped. Like, you know, what's going on with them? So. Um, Because they saw more ships. Will was like, oh, I think I counted like eight ships, uh, you know, flying over in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. So what happened to them? Are they on the same planet? Did they keep going or or what happened? And, you know. And when you saw like the the Resolute kind of breaking apart, it looked like they got sucked into like a black hole or something like that. Yeah, I thought that. But I was like, oh, am I just seeing things? But yeah, it looks like they got sucked into space, Mm. um, whatever was left. So. It, it just a, a ton of questions, but like again, I'm as excited I think as you are about it. Like, I thought I, I'd enjoy it, but I, I'm pretty impressed with the first episode and pretty on board with where the story's going. I am too. I like I said, I was very pleasantly surprised. I'm not usually so pleasantly surprised. There's very few shows that um, can get that kind of reaction out of me, um, and I'm still watching them to this day. Uh, you know that, that that can do that, like Legion and Westworld. You know, shows like that that can just kind of reach out and really grab you and take you along for the ride and surprise you at how good they are. Um, and this was, I was really stuck on this one, so I'm I'm excited. So, some notes. Um, we've made a couple of Star Wars references already. Did you pick up? that their ship kind of looked a little like the Millennium Falcon. A little bit, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> when it showed like this overhead shot, I think whenever it was uh, getting ready to crash, that uh, or maybe it was after it had already crashed, I don't remember, but there was like an overhead shot and it just had that outline. It wasn't exactly, of course, but it just seemed like it had that you know outline of the Millennium Falcon and um, thought that was super cool. Um, we talked a little bit about Judy being stuck in the ice, but the the end event, like when she is almost at the very top, her hand is reaching out, her arms outstretched, and then she's frozen in ice. I was just like, <gasps> because I get so claustrophobic, and I, do too, yeah. I cannot imagine how terrifying and how that must feel being right there at fingertip, you know, length to your family and can't get to them, and you're stuck. And you're surrounded by ice. I that would have just sounds. I, I have a fear of water anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so I cannot. No one. I wouldn't be as brave as Judy jumping in there anyway. I'd be like, "Yep, Judy, you got it. You go. Um, <laughs> you go all about it." But well, my that, biggest fear was ice sharks as she was swimming. Like we're on this foreign planet. Like I was expecting an ice shark to come out of nowhere. Oh my gosh, the megalodon. Have you seen the reviews for that? By the <laughs> I way, have. Jason Statham, man, he's going to kick some <laughs> shark ass. Spoil um, alert for next week's language of romance <laughs> episode. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I I know that it's totally ridiculous. I I get it, but um it's got to be kind of fun, right? Oh yeah. So, but yeah, I yeah, I was I was thinking that too. I'd be terrified the entire time that something's going to somehow get through the ice and even though I can't move, they're going to be able to move and they're going to snatch my leg um and eat me. 
<laughs> um, I've talked about Will and how much I love him. I love that little boy. I just, I just want to hang out with him. He seems super cool. And then again, I was uh, one last note that I have. I, I've talked a lot about how this show has surprised me. One of the final surprises was how emotional I got. Um, with the family at the end when they thought they were going to lose Judy before Will and the robot showed up. And they are just like the ice is frozen over. The magnesium worked for a period of time, but it got colder and it rained and it froze back over. And they are just chipping and chipping away, trying to get to Judy. And her, her, just her fingers are sticking out of the ice and they all, you know, surround her and they realize that we can't do anything else. We mm-hmm. we are not going to make it. She is running out of air. And they're just saying, we're here, we're here, we're here, we're with you. She's crying and they're all lying on the ice and they all have their hands down and they, they're all like grabbing her hand. And you're just like, and I cannot even imagine how that must have, what it would feel in a real life situation. She's literally right there and yeah. there's nothing that they can do to help her. And that is a member of your family and there's nothing that they can do. And I got so emotional. I didn't, no tears actually come out, but I had tears in my eyes and I'm sitting there caught up in the moment. And then I thought to myself later, I'm like, oh my God, you're like, <laughs> in this show right now. Like I, there's so few shows that can really make me feel that emotional about a family in that situation. And that really got me. And I, and that's why I think I'm just really hyping up the show right now is because of the, how it made me feel. Well, there's scenes like, uh, in Pearl Harbor, um, where they show the scenes of the, the guys in the ships that were stuck where they basically could just only get uh, their hands out. Yes. And you see like the water rushing out and like, you know, you're holding onto their hand cause there's just metal between you, but there's nothing you can do. And, mm-hmm. you know, their hands go limp and it's just like, oh, like you're, you're right there. And there's, yes. like you said, there's just nothing you can do. So close yet so far away mm-hmm. is what it felt like. Yeah. That's, that's why I think just because it was, this show was able to generate so many emotions and I'm a cold, heartless bitch about 99% of the time. I It is not the first time I've been called cold either by myself or other people. So for this to bring out that type of emotion in me was that's why I knew it, it's something special because um, I don't always, you know, most time I'm just sitting there like, you know, everyone else is crying or, or <laughs> something. And I'm just kind of like, okay, um, so that's why. Sorry, I, I can't hear your tears over the chipping of my heart. <laughs> right, my cold ass heart over <laughs> here um, keeps me warm. Um, but yeah, so that that's my notes so far. What are your notes? Uh, I mean, we touched on pretty much everything, but the one big note I had um, there. It seems like the show kind of bounced a lot between like kind of serious, like it wanted to be serious, but then it kind of wanted to be comedic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of the part where, you know, where Judy is in the ice and um, Penny needs to cut her mom's leg because it's like hardened. She's got to do like a, a four cut thing. Yes. And it's, it's kind of like, that's a super serious thing. And they kind of, she kind of made some comedic jokes with it, which, um, so I'm not really sure if, if it, it, what kind of universe we're playing with that. Cause there's some shows where. You know, it's serious situations, but it's always jokes. Mm-hmm. And then there's sometimes where it's like serious situations and it's only serious. Like like in The Walking Dead, you don't see a lot of like jokes being thrown around where like, ha, 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 another <laughs> right. zombie dead. Um, but this one, they kind of bounce back and forth. between it's like, okay, is it, it like what kind of mood are they playing with? Right. Not not it's bad or anything, but just kind of like trying to, to get the bearings of like, oh, okay, this is what I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. 
But that was kind of my only main note that, on the other things we haven't talked about. Good note. I like that, and this is not in my notes, but something I was just thinking about compared to some other things that we've podcasted on so far. And Stranger Things, I think, can be, I guess, depending on the age of your kids and the, the types of things that they can handle. Because there could be some scary moments in Stranger Things, that's for sure. So I guess depending on what age your kids are and if they can handle those types of things in Stranger Things. Um, but this is probably one of the first, so far for us, like a family friendly. I feel like this yeah. is a pretty family friendly type of show that the whole family can enjoy. Um, at this point, I'd say so. There's probably like the parts with the robot and the explosions. I could see that being a little scary for somebody under like 10. Yeah. But over 10, I'd say you could probably watch it pretty easily. Totally. And and I like that. Um, but don't let your kids listen to this podcast because <laughs> I've got a really foul mouth and <laughs> I don't censor myself. <laughs> so don't let your kids. I think someone told us, who was it? I think it was in, in the um, Facebook group. Someone said that they were listening to us on their Alexa and oh. um, their kid was in the room and something I said was, I don't know that it was highly inappropriate, just like I was wishing murder upon someone or something. I don't know. And they were like, why does the podcast lady want them to be? And it's like, don't let your kids listen to this podcast. Mom, why do they call him Steve the D? <laughs> yeah, explain that one. <laughs> What's Steve the D? Um We'll just let you explain that one, uh, parents. Yeah, don't let your kids listen to us. I don't censor myself, and I make no apologies for it. Um, but anyway, good notes. Super exciting. I'm I'm excited to to continue on. I think there's ten episodes, so um, I'm excited to see what the next one brings. Anyway, so next thing that we have is another word from another sponsor that we have. Yeah, so our next sponsor is uh, Laux Leatherworks, and this is handcrafted leather wallets, belts, uh, cigar holders, uh, quite a few different things. Um, so if you're excited to try something out like this, go to www.etsy.com slash shop slash Laux Leatherworks. And if you use the promo code STRANGE2018, you'll get $5 off anything you buy. Uh, and if you want to get some custom orders built, so like, do you want that new belt? Like I was talking to Rima and she wanted a brand new dog chain. Hey, mm-hmm. right here is where you can get it. And if you want to send some custom orders, you can go to dlaux at lauxleather.com. Uh, and this is handcrafted stuff. So the leather's crafted. It's it's stitched super well. Like, you know, you buy that belt from, you, you know, like just the store and like one of the stitchings come out, the whole belt's ruined. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with these custom belts, they will last a long time. So make sure to check this out. We'll have all the information in our show notes. And again, if you use our promo code STRANGE2018, you'll get $5 off anything you buy. That is a pretty sweet deal. I like $5 off of anything. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. So, I'm thanks, checking Lox them out. Yeah, thanks. I'm going to get some dog collars for my dogs. You might be able to do some uh, some leather pants if you need some new ones. Some hand-sewn leather pants. Hey, now. <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> Sean, you know just how to get me. <laughs> just how to get me. Speaking my language. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check that out. Um, okay, so the next item that we have, we've got a couple of news items uh, the first one is some Stranger Things news. Sean, do you want to take this one for us? Yeah, so this comes from The Hollywood Reporter. So Stranger Things, a season three begins production. Whoop, whoop. 
So Netflix has released a new video to announce that the third iteration of its blockbuster horror series has launched into production with plenty of new and old faces alike along for the ride. Among the original Stranger Things star highlighted or old friends as the video labels them are members of the party as they've come to be known. Eleven, Mike, Lucas, Max, Dustin, and Will. There's the teenage cast of characters, Billy, Jonathan, Nancy, and Steve. Then there's the adults in the room, Karen, Mike, and Nancy's mom, Joyce, and Hopper. Most intriguingly, there are the newcomers, the strangers, as they've been called in the video, Maya Hawk, Jake Busey, and Carrie Ells, all of whom are announced as part of the cast over the last two months. According to Netflix, Hawk plays Robin, a woman on a collision course with a dark secret in Hawkins. Busey will play Bruce, a Hawkins post-journalist with questionable morals. And Ells is playing Mayor Klein, described as a slick and sleazy politician. Of course, there's one. Uh, of course, there's the one new series regular with an actual speaking part in the video. Ferguson as Erica, who stole the screen in her brief season two scenes. Producers have promised an increased role for Erica in season three alongside her own group of friends. The Demogorgons have no idea what they're in for. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, little Miss Erica's a sassy. Yes, yeah, she sassy is. Sassy little thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's so adorable. So yeah, super excited to hear that Stranger Things 3 has begun production and it's it's still no word on when it's going to come out. So we don't know if it's going to be later this year here in 2018 or if they're going to make us wait till 2019. As soon as mm. we have that news, we'll be letting you know. But um, see, it's what it's uh, end of April, early May. Um, I don't know. It, it's it would be pretty late in the year, I think. So we'll see. Next item is from The Hollywood Reporter as well. Um, So a little bit about the inside story of how Lost in Space got off the ground at Netflix. Uh, So in preparation for the show's technology, showrunner Zach Estrin and his team talked with scientists at NASA, specifically about their research and development on new technologies. He says, we told NASA we didn't want any ideas for things they were hoping to achieve. We wanted to know what they could actually deliver, he says. Their conversation led to an interesting plot point in season one. In one of our storylines, the Robinson family is able to convert the waste of a creature into usable fuel. That's something that NASA is working right now. I don't think that would really be a spoiler to say that. Um, if it is, sorry. Um, Estrin doesn't consider himself a hardcore sci-fi fan and prefers to focus on the humanity of character-driven storytelling. When you look at the relationship between Will and the robot, you can draw comparisons to the Iron Giant, Black Stallion, Old Yeller. I really wanted to show that we're more focused on quality storytelling and not ships firing lasers. The complicated family dynamics are just one of the many things that the Netflix team reimagined from the original series, which ran for 83 episodes from 1965 to 1968. The individual roles within the Robinson family in the original series certainly reflected the views of 1960s society, particularly in regard to women. If you go back, you'll see that Maureen was the only one doing the cooking and cleaning, Estrin says. We're in a much different time now, and we wanted our characters to reflect that. Roles for race and gender have certainly evolved, and we're proud to have a very diverse and independent Robinson family. Estrin also didn't want to steer the show too far from the original's adventurous tone. I think that there's a stereotype that all remakes have to be dark and edgy. We didn't want to do that with this show. Our family dynamic is one that loves each other. They have problems just like every family has. 
Uh, he says there's an arc throughout the first season. If people stick, uh, if people stick with it, they'll see the changes that the family goes through. They actually rediscover each other through this traumatic experience. He says in terms of ma- magically, musically, sorry, tr- uh, passing the torch, the show honored its original composer John Williams. Uh, by reviving his original theme. It was a decade before John got Star Wars and he went by Johnny in the early days. <laughs> we wanted to sh- we wanted the show to have a sense of classic summer escapism and adventure and John's theme was a big part in achieving that. That's super no, that's cool. Awesome. I did not know that he did the original um, and that they kept it. That's super cool. Yeah, I really like like you kind of said like this is a family family friendly show. Mm-hmm. I like that they're keeping that and they didn't try to make it this dark, edgy kind of like, you know, this isn't your mom and dad's lost in space. You know, it, it, you don't right. see too many shows like that anymore. Yeah, I, mean, I like. Sitcom- sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, I was gonna uh, say like most sitcoms you see like there there aren't really even many shows that are kind of like family friendly. So I mean, it's kind of cool to see that coming from a Netflix show. Yeah, because and Netflix is really great, but they have there has been kind of a, a, a trend where almost everything new is is a little dark and edgy, and mm. and you know a, you know maybe not for all viewing audiences. So it is nice that you can have something a little family friendly and um, and fun and science fiction. Get your kids into science fiction. Maybe this will be what your kids you know um, you know if they love science fiction, this would be certainly fun for the kids that they can watch. Cool. Well, now it is time for messages from the Resolute. I'm guessing this was before it got sucked into space. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so time for listener feedback. Sean, why don't you start us off? All right. So our first one comes Avelino Rochino. So I'm not sure what I expected, but the first five minutes set the pace for the rest of the show. Through the episode, the Robinsons kept going from one you're totally fucked situation to another ratcheting all the way up to, oh boy, you are so fucking fucked. I'd hate to fucking be you. <laughs> <laughs> I was a big fan of the original series, and so I liked how all the characters' personalities and traits were rearranged. There was a palpable distrust in each other's abilities at this stage, and it made for some great family dynamics. Lost in Space Season 1 was a one big roller coaster ride full of great acting, incredible tension, plot twists, and fun sci fi. The Robisons were believable and formed a nice, tight family, each with his and her own strengths and weaknesses that contributed to make a great unit much greater than the sum of the parts. Love the first season. That's awesome. Sounds like Avelino has binged the entire season already. So, and if it's got his approval, I'm all in because Avelino's got great taste. Thanks. Next one is from Steve Brown. He says, like the first episode, it's setting things up. Favorite line, uh, the way not dying in a car accident is like winning the lottery until you remember you were in a car accident. <laughs> I like that line too. I agree. I do like that line, Steve. Um, he goes on to say, I like that John is not technically in charge. Mm. Uh, the music sounded very Jurassic Park-like. Hmm. I can get that. I can totally get that. And I, I agree. I like that John is also, it seems mama, mama's rowing that tugboat. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that is an interesting piece. Thanks, Steve. So from Franca Maria, I watched episode one and I'm already looking forward to viewing the other available episodes. The family dynamic is interesting. I am curious how the Dr. Smith female character will be p- portrayed in this version. Doug Fick says, I liked the fact that this is sort of a real family. Space travel aside, the parents are flawed. The relationship is strained, like in real life sometimes. A mixed family as well. A bit of a slow start, but I love the twist with Parker Posey as an imposter Dr. Smith. Me too. Yeah, I was trying to... Do you think um, Judy... Is she adopted or... (sighs) 
I mean, they didn't say. I am assuming she's the oldest daughter. Maybe it was one of those situations where maybe, you know, what happens to many people who decide to adopt because maybe they can't have children of their Mm -hmm. own and then they adopt and then all of a sudden they get pregnant. Um, I don't know if it's that kind of situation or really what or really what to expect. Um, I'm guessing she's adopted, but um, I love I do love the fact how they are making it a diverse cast. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, I think you know, if she is adopted or something, or um, it adds a dynamic because there's already like a sibling rivalry, and now that there's kind of like, oh, I got, I got to one up you even more because you're the perfect child. Yes, um, so there's just more of like a a competition that can stem from stuff like that. Definitely, she's a great Judy, though. Uh, let's see, this is Elizabeth Nikolovich. So Bill Mummy as Doctor Smith was a nice cameo at this point, as well as impersonator. June Harris being female Dr. Smith. Great robot reboot as well. Not hearing the iconic Danger Will Robinson, just danger is frustrating. Keep finishing it for robot. <laughs> yeah. I, did they change that line a little bit? I thought it said Danger Will Robinson. I thought he said Danger Will Robinson at the very end. I could be wrong. Maybe he said Danger and I just heard Will Robinson. Hmm. I thought I heard it all, but you know what? It's been a long ass day. Um <laughs> Wendy Ott Eppers says the acting is spot on, especially with a cast of kids. When I saw Parker Posey, I was so excited. Love her. Then when she put on the Dr. Smith jacket, yes, she's perfect for that role. Can't wait to see where this goes. I agree, Wendy. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for the feedback. We had some really great feedback for this episode. We saw lots of excitement for this episode, and we really appreciate you guys taking the time out um, out of your day to let us know what you think. Keep doing it, man. I love it. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right, so next week we'll be covering the second episode from Lost in Space titled Diamonds in the Sky. Another crash brings more travelers to the planet as the Robinsons work to salvage their ship with help from their mysterious new companions. And just a reminder, so with Rima covering Legion right now on Podcastica and me working on some side projects, we'll be covering Lost in Space on a bi-weekly schedule. So next Friday we won't have an episode, but the following Friday we will be covering episode two. Yes. Thank you guys for your patience with that. Um, so many things going on. We want to make sure that we put out a quality podcast. Well, we think it's quality. (laughs) (laughs) Some might disagree. Um, please don't tell me that you disagree. Um, but you know, we, we appreciate you hanging in there with us and we'll, we'll be picking up again soon. And and as soon as we are, uh, we'll let you know. Um, but until then we are super excited for you to join us on Jupiter two while traveling space. You can follow us us on Twitter if you still if you're still getting a signal out in space at strange tcast and if you can find that Wi-Fi in space make sure to check us out on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash stranger tcast and post those pictures on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod yeah and you can email us I love emails I love emailing you guys so be sure to send lots and lots of email to us at stranger things cast pod at gmail.com and you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like Legion at Podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed and all the other great Podcastica podcasts at Apple Podcast. Yeah, and, and again, Legion, guys, I'm going to keep shoving it down y'all's throats. Uh, <laughs> I insist that you guys watch this show. Um, I'm co-hosting with Jason from Podcastica. You, I know, have heard him on Walking Dead Cast, Evil Dead Cast, and he's doing the Westworld podcast uh, called Westworld Cast. And we have so much fun with that show. 
Um, and it's great. Definitely go out and, and watch it and let us know what you think. And speaking of other podcasts and other projects, make sure to check out Sean in his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. Yes, and spoilers this Sunday, like we mentioned, we were going to talk about fight clubs for some reason, but we kind of got on a nice rant about Megalodon, so check yes, us out. Yes, I'm totally checking that out. You know, Sean, you and I got that shark thing. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm checking that one out. So you're, 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 what, you're not just, are you going to talk about it? Or are you just going to, are you actually going to watch the movie? Is it coming out? I don't know. It's, we just basically talked about the trailer okay. and went on a huge rant okay. for an hour, which I felt was pretty hilarious. I know it was hilarious. I don't question that at all, <laughs> but I was curious. I was like, I didn't think it was coming out yet. So I don't know if you were just, you know, talking about it in general or, um, and just running with it or if, or if you were actually going to watch it, but I'm tuning in. I'm all about sharks. Kind of weird fascination. Anyway. All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 36, Impact. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Franca Maria is strange indeed. It's okay. Well. It's okay. He's, he's with me. Danger, Will Robinson.